I'd like to tell you about this glass, if I may. Um, this is a bendy glass. Does anyone know uh, the bottle of wine associated with the glass? I, I can't actually remember the name. It's the one with the, you know, used to have the bendy, bendy, bendy stem. Yeah, that, that one, that one. Well, uh, for my brother's wedding, um, we, we were living in Kent, so we were, and he was in Plymouth, and the cheapskate uh, thought that there wouldn't be a good idea if I drove to France to buy his wine. Uh, I think he paid for my channel tunnel crossing, and we filled our small car uh, with wine uh, of his choice, and they came with this glass in the box of wine. So it's a box of six bottles, and it came with, you know, bendy wine bottle, that's what they wanted for their wedding tables, and uh, a bendy wine glass uh, in each box. Uh, and we, so all of the family have got some of these glasses, and, and the guests took them away at the end of the wedding, uh, and we originally had, I think, probably two sets or something, we've now got two left, so I pray that I don't break this tonight, it's very special, very special. Um, Bendy wine glasses, and we and we filled our our boot. Um, uh, I, I googled this, by the way, before the service. Someone left this at our house. Uh, you can get this for fifty-four pounds for a six on Amazon. Uh, and it's just like like nine seventeen per bottle. I'm not going to open that one, uh, but if if you don't mind, I, I will open this one. This is already, you know. I'm a, I'm a dregs man, really. Um, I hope that's okay. Um, is that good? Good. Well, I mean, oh, you know, there are some. There are different ways of pouring wine, aren't there? You know, there's the there's the you know just then then there's the other way of pouring wine, which I'm not going to do tonight. You know, there are different ways of doing it, aren't there? Which one are you? Are you a kind of Mm, yeah, it's very, very fine. Or you are, no, get me the biggest glass. And we know that they're supposed to take, uh, we know that all the guides say that this is supposed to be six glasses of wine, but you know that you can do it in two glasses. <laughs> I don't know what this is like, actually, by the way. It's, um, are you supposed to smell it first? Is that not what you knew? I don't know. I'm like, do you know my, my, can I tell you my, 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 my top tips for picking wine? Okay. Number, it used to be when I was a student, it's got to be under three pounds. I am getting to a point, really. Uh, under three pounds. It's now got to be under five pounds. Okay. Uh, I wouldn't, you know, I would have chosen this one. This is okay. Because, uh, it's got a year on it. If it hasn't got a year, the person that's produced it, don't even bother. Okay? Uh, if you're going proper cheap, okay, then two other top... T- this will get you good wine every time. Uh, it's got to have a year, a blend, because then someone's actually tasted it. All right? And just a little bit under there. Have a little feel. If it's flat bottom, don't buy it. If it's got a bit of a divot, you know, then buy it, because there's you know, space for the sediment to settle. Yes, yeah, very important. Anyway... Good. I hope you enjoy this talk. I'm only going to pour a little bit. It's all right, actually. It strikes me that Jesus, in this passage, is quite rude to his mum. There's this little footnote in the NIV that says that him saying, Woman! 
is not rude. But I, I, I mean, to me, it, it seems rude. He's just called his first disciples. We heard a little bit about that last week. And uh, they've all been invited to this, uh, to this wedding. Uh, this little village, Cana in Galilee. I was trying to Google to find out how big the village is. I mean, it, it can't have been massive because you know, no one's even quite sure where it is. There's this little village and they've been invited to this wedding. But his mother's not put off by Jesus' response. It's not my time. Woman, it's not my time. How, how is that not rude? Um, she knows, she knows about Jesus. We read in Luke chapter 2 verse 19, after she's heard the, the shepherds, that she treasured these things up in her heart. She knew some of the things, even if it wasn't the detail of what was coming. She was the one who had encountered the angel. She knew, even if she didn't know the detail. And so she's been waiting all this year, all these years, investing in her boy, and maybe now's the time. Maybe now is the time to go public. But Jesus certainly doesn't want to do it in the way that his mum wants him to do it, whatever that is. Maybe she's envisaged a small speech. I don't, I, I, I'm not quite sure. But either way, she tips off the servants that they should listen to whatever he tells them. And it strikes me that this is a really strange miracle to have as the first miracle of Jesus. You know, what about something more spectacular of someone being saved or healed or set free? And in order to understand just how weird it is that this is the first miracle, you need to understand just how much wine Jesus produced. Um, firstly, uh, what he says to the servants is that they're to get the stone water jars and they are to fill them to the brim. Now, I've tried to do a little bit of maths. If I've got the maths wrong, then, you know, forgive me. Uh, we can, you know, you can correct me on the numbers, James, afterwards. That'll be fine. But, but in the NIV, it says that these were, uh, you know, these stone water jars. There were six of them, and they held between 80 and 120 litres. Okay? So I've kind of split the difference, and I've said, well, what if they were all 100 litres? Then what Jesus has done is he's turned six 100 litres of water into 600 litres of wine. (laughs) Okay, if you've got a small car, like, you know, your normal family-sized car, okay, your boot is going to be about 450 litres with the seat still back. I mean, you can make it bigger if you... But let's go for boot sizes, okay, with the seats still, you know, in their normal position. So a family car's not going to do it. You've got you've to upgrade either to, you know, proper Volvo size, all right, or SUV. And there's a whole bunch of the modern SUVs that simply won't do it. Their boots are not big enough, okay? You've got to be either proper full-on Chelsea tractor, okay, one of the nice expensive ones, or actually almost perfect size, slightly overdoing it a little bit, at 690 litres with the seat still up, is a VW Turan. 
What the reviewers say about the VW Turan is this. I'll read you this. I think this is important. You will not find excitement in a VW Turan, but you will find cup holders, cubby holes, storage compartments, seven individual seats and trim that is built to withstand all the knocks and scrapes that a family can throw at it, or 600 litres of wine freshly made by Jesus. However, I have spotted a potential problem. You see, 600 litres of wine is... Let me make sure I get my numbers right, because otherwise someone will correct me. Is 720 bottles. So even if we exclude the glass, then the weight of just the wine without the glass, because it's a lot more with the glass, is still going to be 600 kilograms. Because a litre of liquid basically weighs a kilogram. That's amazing, isn't it? Isn't it? That's tidy. Someone thought that through. Um, it's just phenomenal. This is wonders of modern science. Anyway, so anyway, I thought about it. I thought there is another problem here. Because do you know what the weight limit carry for a VW Turan is? 614 kilograms. So if you filled the boot with 600 litres of wine bearing in mind you haven't got anything to store it in, so it's all going to leak everywhere, you've got to have a really small driver, only 14 kilograms of driver. You're not going to go very far. Am I helping you to understand just how much wine Jesus made? I mean, to be honest, it is ridiculously excessive. But it gets worse. You see, because at the point that the wine gets tasted, this comment is made. But but this wine, this wine is, this is amazing. Where did this come from? How, how come you're serving this now? You know, everyone else serves the best wine first, but you've you've served the best wine last. How are the guests going to enjoy it? Because they're all hammered. Uh, that's actually not quite what the MIV says, but you know what I mean. You've saved the best. I mean, their taste buds have gone. their taste buds have gone and Jesus produces they're already slightly tipsy some of them uh, other than the ones that are you know over 45 that's me and kind of watching their weight Um, they're already slightly tipsy uh, and, and and they can't taste the fact that the wine is good yet Jesus makes the best and he makes more than they can possibly drink. I did some more research. You need to know about this because it's important. I asked Majestic Wine Company, if they were serving champagne at a reception, how many glasses, how many glasses of wine should you prepare to purchase per guest? They're quite conservative. Just two. You know, it's like the pre. And if, for example, you were allowing, uh, you were, you, if it was your due, you might you might allow a bottle per person. Because, you know, there are some people at a wedding who will drink two bottles, and there are some who will drink none, and it will probably even itself out. I can't get anywhere near a bottle. It's not helpful. Uh, if, if you went to a restaurant, they would probably allow in the standard budget half, half a bottle of wine. This means that Jesus 
was preparing to cater for, even if they hadn't had anything to drink, 1,440 guests at half a bottle of wine each. This is the most outrageously lavish, ridiculous miracle. That the Son of God would come in person and start as the opening gambit to celebrate with wine and not just a bit of wine but the nicest wine and make so much of it that the guests at that wedding could not have possibly even made a dent in it that evening. You know, what's going to have happened to the person that organized the wedding and has then got all this leftover Chateau, Chateau Cana of Galilee, Jesus Bouquet 2000, no, zero, zero, whatever. You know, I, I guess he made an awful lot of money. Or he suddenly had a lot of friends around coming and seeing him for several months afterwards. Towards the end of this passage, there is this amazing line, verse 11, just over the page. What Jesus did here in Cana of Galilee was the first of the signs through which he revealed his glory and his disciples put their faith in him. Please don't mishear me, I'm not recommending excessive drinking it's actually a really serious problem for lots of people. Especially in, you know, nicer places. It's just the quality of the wine goes up, uh, but the quantity is often more. So I'm not recommending that we drink all that Jesus provides. But there is something about this miracle that is so gloriously excessive, so gloriously ordinary, And Jesus chooses to start here with wine that represents joy and celebration at a wedding. The groom, in fact, has come. The groom has come and is stepped into earth. So why not serve the best wine? Why not serve it in abundance to people who are fearfully and wonderfully made. You know, God loves people. At the creation account, we have this narrative of God the creator looking at all these made and he looks at it and it's good. And he looks at people and it's very good. Do you know that he actually delights in who you are? You know, I don't want you wake up and within the mirror and, you know, look in the mirror and think, 
Put it on a bit, you know, could have done with a bit more of that anti-wrinkle cream about 20 years ago. You know, whatever it might be, or, you know, wish I had a different job, or wish I had a different relationship, or wish I'd made some different choices. Imagine, imagine instead, you get down for breakfast in the morning, Monday morning. Whether you're looking forward to work that day or anxious because there isn't. And you get down to breakfast and Jesus is by the coffee machine. And he says, what would you like? We've got espresso, we've got a latte, we can do frothy milk. And then you're kind of like, what's that smell? And there's croissants in the oven. And he opens the cupboard and he says, oh, I I got in a range of cereals. I hope you don't mind. I wasn't quite sure whether you were kind of cereals guy or a croissant guy. I I can do Redbush as well if you don't want, if you don't want caffeine. And he's got it all laid out just for you because you are amazing and this is what he wants to say about you on a Monday morning. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. You were worth him making 600 litres of wine for to announce the arrival of the groom. There's a couple of other things that I want to just draw out and then I'd love us to pray. As I was thinking about this passage, it struck me that Jesus, this miracle could have gone so many other ways. You know, Jesus has got these new recruits with him. He could have said to them, okay guys, are you ready? You know, you know when I said follow me? Right, we're going in now. He didn't do that. He he could have found the master of the banquet and he could have made an announcement and he could have said, look, don't worry everyone, we have now, we've done a little kind of, you know, I've laid hands on some stuff. This is going to be great. You are going to love this. He didn't do that. He found, he found the ordinary people, the everyday folks, the ones who were serving there rather than who had been invited. And he uses them and he works with them to do his first miracle. What I want you to hear today is this. And in a moment we're going to pray. That while we might pursue the extraordinary. You know, we might pray for healing. We might pray for breakthrough and all sorts of things. And we might expect and hope for, and I do hope and expect those things to happen in this place, in this building. You know, I do expect that when we pray that you, that you feel the Holy Spirit in your body. You know, I first, I first felt that 
um, I don't know how, blah, 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 94, whenever, whenever that was. <laughs> and it's not quite stopped since. That's my expectation. I hope it's yours. But more than that, I want to pray tonight and every night for the ordinary. I want to pray for you guys, or rather for us to pray for one another for Monday morning. I want to pray for you in the places where you live and you work. That in those places you would encounter a miracle. That you would know the presence of Jesus Christ poured out. His Holy Spirit poured out for you in those circumstances. Would you be up for that? Because you know, if we meet him there, as well as here, what's he going to do in our community? If your home is like this kind of, this overflow place of his power, you know, your neighbours, it's not going to be long before they wonder what's going on. It's really not. Because you'll start to leak. (laughs) And sharing faith will suddenly become a bit less tricky. Because you'll be so full of him that you'll overflow. And the Holy Spirit will have got there first.